Welcome to Stargate SG-1 for the first time still. Not a Star Trek podcast. My name is Jeff Aiken, and I am watching Stargate SG-1 for the first time. And I'm Brent Allen, and I'm watching Stargate SG-1 for the 47th time. Jeff and I are two veteran Star Trek podcasters who one day, many moons ago, decided to join forces to bring you Babylon 5 for the first time, and we had so much fun doing that that we decided to do it again with this show that my buddy Jeff over there has never, ever seen. How could you have not seen this show before, Jeff? Well, the cool thing is, though, whether this is your 47th time or your first time through the gate, we are now inviting you to come along with us on this journey as we give SG-1 that for-the-first-time treatment. For me, since this is my first time, I'm just going to be experiencing this literally in real time, watching the show as it unfolds, letting you relive that first-time experience. But we are still going to be looking for what we call those sci-fi messages, the Star Trek messages, if you will. You know, those messages that hold up a mirror to society, give you hope for a future, show us how to be better human beings. And what I'm doing is I'm watching this show through that lens for the first time. I've never actually watched the show looking for those messages. And that's my job in this run through. What are we doing? What is this? Watch through. Sure. Watch through. Show. Whatever. Whatever it is. But this is a For the First Time podcast. And on our For the First Time podcast, Brent, we love to play our games. Mm, we do. And being veteran Star Trek podcasters, we need to keep those references in check sometimes. So we play a game called The Rule of Three. That's a game that limits us to no more than three references to Star Trek per episode. That's it. Three. One of those plays. No substitutions, exchanges, or refund. <laughs> However, adding to the rule of three... We are bringing in Babylon 5 references, and any time we make one of those, you're going to hear... Oh, yes! And, of course, those are going to be unlimited. Okay, I can't wait anymore. We're watching The First Commandment. Let's do this. All right, well, uh, as you said, this is The First Commandment. This is the sixth episode of the first season, originally aired August 22nd, 1997. Jeff... This episode marks the first time we are meeting a new writer to the show, Robert C. Cooper. Robert C. Cooper is going to be back to write 71 episodes across the Stargate franchise. Dude, he's like the JMS of Stargate. Oh, yes. Not quite. He's more like the Michael Pillar of Stargate because he is going to become an, an uh, executive producer. He is also going to be credited as a co-creator for Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe much down the road. Wow. So, <laughs> hey, Jeff, last week you you ventured a guess as to what this episode was about. Do you happen to remember what that was? I don't remember. That's okay. You're about to find out what it really was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, why don't we do that? Let's go ahead and jump into this episode uh, for the first time. Uh, listen, if you're joining us, uh, here's how it works. Jeff and I are getting ready to watch this episode right now. We're going to watch it right now. Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, we're going to break and we're going to go away and watch that. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube version, you're going to get the cut up reaction version, a video version of this. And uh, if you're over on Patreon, well, just stay tuned because we ain't going to cut the video at all. Going to get the whole thing. So when we come back, I'm going to break down my reactions to this, what my thoughts from watching this the fir for the first time. And then Brent is going to kind of talk about that sci-fi message lens 
through which he watched this episode. So, Brent, let's go. Let's do it. Chevron 7 locked. All right, Jeff, we have just watched the first commandment for the first time. What'd you think? What a cool idea for an episode, right? Like Star Trek and um, Battlestar Galactica even did some of this, right? Kind of deifying people or having somebody go somewhere and set up, you know, kind of they're the they're the god. But this was the first time that I can think of where like they truly believed it. Like he's not just playing the part necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like he's in all the way. And he's not doing it for like necessarily hedonistic reasons. Like somewhere in there, he thinks he's saving these people. Mm-hmm. Cool idea for an episode. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, at one point, one of the native guys uh, is run is off there. It's with Tilk and Daniel and O'Neill, and he looks at Tilk and he's like, "Are you a Jaffa?" And I was like, "I took this big note. I'm just like, that's a big deal. Oh my gosh, just random people know." about the Jaffa and, and probably know about the Gould as well. So I was like, oh, wow. That's, oh, okay. Old stories. And I thought that was a cool um, little seed. I don't know if it'll ever sprout, but like there's stories about these people. Even if the, uh, even if the Gould haven't come back or come through, those stories persist, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of keeps the mythology alive. I felt like the relationship, the past relationship between Sam and Hanson, Jonas, was kind of meh. They could have got the same way, the same place with that of just having them been colleagues before or kind of knowing each other. Mm-hmm. I don't think they played on the tension between them that, that would have existed, you know, in, in a situation that they, they said they had quite as much. Right. But I mean, all in all, like cool idea for an episode. We found we'd made an incredible discovery. Maybe the biggest discovery in this was that the boy meets world dad was <laughs> Hanson. Right. <laughs> and he was terrible. He was clearly acting. He was wooden and he was using weird intonations, probably trying to sound godlike. Totally took me out of this episode. Was that, let me, let me clarify that. Was that him as an actor making choices that Hanson was acting very wooden? Or are you saying that the actor, Will Russ is the name of the actor there, that his choices as Hanson were very wooden and just not good? So I'm I'm never going to lay it all the way at an actor's feet. The director plays a really active role in this, but I'm laying this on the actor and the director. This wasn't Hanson's portrayal. This was the actor saying, I'm going to show up this way. Okay. And especially in the end, he was up on the little platform and he's, I am the Lord, thy God. And I sounded more convincing right there than he ever did. Like it just, I don't know. Right. We'll get to the rankings and things like that. But at this point, like that, him the portrayal of him ruined this episode for me. I find it very interesting. You say that Jeff, really? Uh, because I don't mind telling you this ranks for me right there at the very bottom with emancipation. Really? Yeah. Like I, this is one of those, when I do my rewatches skip, just jump over it. I just, I don't even watch this episode. I don't like it. I've, I'm very much glad that we're on the backside of this episode now. Uh, I got to tell you, I've been I've been looking at some of the episodes coming up, and I'm so excited for you to get to those. 
but this is a part of the show and this is a part of the story and we got to get through it. And here it is. I'm just really glad that it happens this early and not so much later. I'm not going to say that every episode from here on out is, is a, a, an all out banger, but we got a lot of really good, good Stargate coming up. And this to me is not great Stargate at all. We got past those initial speed bumps. What's that season one sci-fi stuff we talk about, right? One question I did have, though, and I don't know if this will come up or whatever. If it does, don't answer it for me. Mm -hmm. But they talk a bit about the training for the SG teams, right? You know, and they go through. Do they train them? Is there training around how to come, how, when you are perceived as a god, Mm -hmm. because it will happen, here's the protocol and how to react. Like, is that a part of their training? Is it after this incident? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We don't know what that training entails yet. Okay. And I will tell you, we never really get the manual on do this when this happens. And what do you do in case of a, in case they think you're a God that, that that's not a thing that they ever really show outside of just mostly Jack and Daniel and Sam going, we're not gods, (laughs) but you come through the gate of the gods and Teal's going, yeah, they're not gods either. (laughs) This is a lot of, Oh, you're a God. No, no, no. We're we're not gods. (laughs) Sorry, we're just like you. Yeah, deconstruct all of that for you. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much my first watch. What about you, my friend? Did you get any of those sci-fi messages out of this one? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Before we gate into the rest of this episode, did you know you're missing most of the content from this podcast? Stargate SG-1, for the first time, has an active an exciting Patreon that you can join right now by clicking the link in the show notes. Not only will you get access to the full, unedited podcast and reaction videos, you'll also be able to join a growing, vibrant, maybe even an intergalactic community. Subscribers even get access to all of our content from Babylon 5 for the first time. Don't miss out on this content and the amazing people. Just click the link in the show notes. Tilk thinks you should do it right now. Indeed. Maybe I I think I got like the sci-fi question and actually it felt very Gene Roddenberry to me, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I, yep. Uh, you know, Hanson says this. He says your favorite line from the entire episode. I'm not posing. I'm not posing. Don't say that word. That was a great scene. But right, but right after that, right after that, it's, there's a big pause and he goes, it's a matter of definition. Okay, so what is a god? What makes a god a god? What makes a god deserving of worship? What makes a false god? Uh, okay, let's change the phrase. How does a cult of personality work? Oh, there you go. Uh, how how does an individual gather uh, such a mass following? Because let's face it, Hansen couldn't do what he did if people didn't capitulate. Yeah. You know, and I think the show made this this idea that the working people generally were not like awesome, but there was his one dude who was in the SG uniform with him, and then there were the other guys that looked like they were uh, old tribal guys with like peaky masks or something on. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't exactly like those guys seem to be like they were they were with it, but everybody else is just like, look, I'm just. You tell me to go work. I guess I'm going to go work, but I don't, I don't know. Shit, I don't know. So how do they get gain control? How do they keep control? How do you keep control by the Hanson here chose fear? 
right? You you institute, uh, and I, you know, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking of people like Hitler and the North Korean regime and other regimes around the world that I just I don't want AI to uh, catch the word and then you know have them turn on us. I'm not trying to bring them into the picture. This is why sci-fi is great because you can talk about it without talking about it. You know, even people here in our own home country of the United States that gain some big massive following and, you know, it turns out they're actually evil. But everyone's like, oh, no, 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 they're here for the good. No. And, and like everybody's like, no, they're not. So was there a sci-fi message? Was there a holding up a mirror to society? I think that's there. What Star Trek does, though, Jeff, and I'm going to specifically pick on Star Trek, um, what they do so well, because it's their intention. It's, it's literally like the underpinning of the show is make a cool sci-fi show, but we're also going to present problems and talk about them and discuss them. Mm-hmm. This episode presented an issue, threw it out there, but it didn't discuss it. It didn't give you both sides of the story. And Star Trek sometimes will answer and say, this is the way it should be. And sometimes they'll throw it out there. They'll discuss it, and then they'll let you as the viewer sit back and chew on it and decide for yourself. This one didn't either. This one just said, here's a false god. What does it mean to be a god? And then just, it it just didn't discuss it. So it doesn't really fulfill. I think Emancipation did kind of the same thing. Like, hey, here's this thing, and we're not really going to dive into it at all. So, you know, but Jeff, I, I think the best line of the entire thing you said like, I wish you could have written this this uh, this episode. By the way, Robert C. Cooper, the writer for this episode, is going to go on to write some amazing, amazing Stargate. Like, he, he's going to be a really good writer. That's good. That's good. Uh, but you said this. The best way to undermine a god is just give the people what the god has been promising. Right. Take away their power. Like, you're absolutely right. There was one other thing. This is normally where I'd say I don't think the show was going for this, but I actually think that the writer... Anyway, coming into the sixth episode was, I think he intentionally threw this in. Okay. You know, from the moment we met Sam, like the moment we met Sam, just because my reproductive organs are on the inside instead of the out doesn't mean I can't handle anything that you can, you know, and I, I'm a soldier just like you. I've been through every training. I'm all like, she has been this. I'm as strong as you are too. And let me tell you what, I know Sam Carter, Sam is a, badass you know what i mean like she is something else and she is right she is just as strong she is a good soldier but in this moment she failed she failed as a soldier she had an opportunity to take out an enemy and she didn't she had an opportunity to take out a dangerous enemy to take out the head of whatever is going on here this person who is oppressing other people this person who is effectively going to kill them if he captures them they're dead yeah and i i don't I've never been in the military. I've never served in the military. Many of my family have. Many of my friends have. Jeff, you have as well. And to anyone out there who has ever served or is serving, thank you so much for your service to our country and on behalf of your own country to whatever country you're from. However, she failed. I think she failed in that moment. That was her moment to end it. And she didn't. I imagine, and we got a glimpse of it at the end where she's like, I had the opportunity to do it and I didn't take it. And I got to imagine that weighs heavily on her mind Mm -hmm. of is is she as strong? Because as a woman, she is going to be facing that uphill battle. She is going to have that constant uh, doubt, not necessarily in herself, but knowing that other people are having that question, like, can she hold up to this? Is she really a part of this? We'll assume she can. She'll come out here with us. If Sam had been a man who had, is it just that they had the, the former relationship? 
you know, let's let's say Sam was a boy. It was a homosexual relationship, and Sam's sitting there. Sam, the dude, is sitting there holding a gun on his ex boyfriend or ex ex fiance. And would that same thing have happened, or would testosterone have kicked in and he would have shot him? Like I, I can't answer that question. I don't know. I don't. What I know is we had Sam, her ex fiance, and something happened where she froze up and she couldn't do it. And I got to imagine that that weighs heavily on her. Interest again. It presents these things, but it, the episode itself never discusses it. You know, one thing I would have liked to have seen them go into. What's that? The primal need for people, for humans to believe in a God. Why do we as people believe in gods throughout all of human history? No matter where you go, whatever society you're in, people believe in either a God or some sort of pantheon of gods or some higher power. Some people, it's not a God, but there's some higher spiritual connection or something, the universe or whatever. What, what is it in humanity that makes us believe that? And I know that there's a lot of people who, who uh, consider themselves atheists will sell you there. They don't believe in anything. People throughout history have definitely said that, but there's just seems to be this ubiquitous in general, talking about humanity. There's a, an underpinning of a, we have this, this innate thing to believe in a God out there. Where does that come from? Why do we do that? Is this natural? Is it something to fight? Like, I don't, it, it could have set it up to talk, but it didn't, didn't even address that. So, you know, I'm, I'm wandering around because that's really what the episode sort of did was wander. I wanted so badly in that scene. I said this during the reaction, but when she's so Sam is holding the, the pistol right at Jonas. Right. And he's like, do it, do it. What are you going to do? Do it. Yeah. And I wanted him to get close and egg her on. And then I just wanted to hear the click. Like she pulled the trigger. She made the decision to take him out, but he had left it unloaded because I think just as much as you pose the question does not pulling the trigger weigh on her. I think it would also weigh on her that she chose to pull the trigger. I would have done it. I would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, instead of capture him and take him back. Yeah. But Jack said to her before she left, like, look, we're either taking him back for course motion or not. And you know what not means. And Jack was great at the end. Like he mentored her, you know, she's like, God, I could have, he's like, don't, you know what? You did the, the right thing. The first commandment. That's actually like the fourth or whatever. The killing one, as he said, I believe that's seventh, actually I think. the seventh. I think it's the seventh one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's an important one though. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty important one. Oh, let's, let's just talk about it just for a second. Cause they did bring it up there. Uh, the, the title of the episode, the first commandment, the first commandment is, uh, they, they misquoted it in the episode is thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right. Meaning I, I will be your, own. there is no one else besides me. I, that, mm -hmm. that is the first commandment from the 10 commandments anyway. Uh, interesting to, you know, you have Jonas here. Who's I am the God I am here and you will show, you know, it is, it is pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, Brett, this is a for the first time podcast. And so we rate and rank episodes. It's what we do. I'm going to rank this episode in the thing we do, right? Our definitive, objectively correct, immutable season ranking. But before I do that, you, based on everything you walked us through, you're going to rate this episode on a scale of zero to five chevrons as to how strong those messages were. Uh, well, I'll tell you a few things that I think this episode got absolutely right. One, uh, it, it got the reason that everything looks like Northwest Canada. It, it yeah. fitted in into a great, and you well, the gold moved all the people here. And so they terraformed all these worlds to look like yours, except for Abydos. That looks like a desert. It still looks like part of the planet. It's still, 
you know, it's a, it's a supposedly yeah. they came to Egypt first, which so looks like Northwestern Canada as well. Anyway, whatever. I, I love that. I, I love it when shows do like an in universe reason for why their own stuff exists. You know, that's about the best thing I can say from this episode, to be honest with you. Yeah. Once again, this episode presented a couple of good ideas and did absolutely nothing with them didn't didn't go anything with with it so i mean i almost feel bad giving it zero chevrons because it did at least present the episode or at least present some issues but again it didn't do anything with it so one chevron do the zero okay zero chevrons i it just it just didn't do anything it really just didn't go there it's almost worse it's almost worse that they introduced him because there was some meaty stuff and it's just like here you go no here you go no yeah yeah. And look, and look, listen, people save your, save your clicks on the keyboard. I like, I understand the writers at Stargate are not the writers at Star Trek. The people at Stargate are not necessarily sitting down to write a moral tale to tell us how to do stuff. I understand that, but my job is to look at the show through that lens. <laughs> so, you know, like that's how I judge the show right now. We're going to have a lot of low Chevron episodes and that doesn't mean they're bad episodes just means they didn't have a message. They didn't have a thing that they didn't intend to put in it. So it's, yeah. As we often say with Babylon 5, there's a lot of Star Trek episodes that wouldn't get a very high Delta rating. Exactly. So, Jeff, uh, I gave zero chevrons, but you get to rank this. You get to put this on the ranking. You and you alone, your word is like God's. (laughs) I see what you did there. That was good. You are the one, oh, immutable one. Uh, Where do you rank... The first commandment, our current ranking, um, although this is episode six, we are actually only four episodes in, uh, our current ranking, you have number one, the broken divide, number two, children of the gods, number three, enemy within, and number four, emancipation. I cannot wait to see if you place this one above or below emancipation because those are the only two spots they could possibly be. Yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And I just have to ask myself the question, which one would I rather watch? Yeah. And the answer is this one. This is going to be our new number four. I really like the idea behind this one. The only thing Emancipation had going for it was the guest star had Marishi in there, and that was great. And that's about it. Well, it had Marishi and it had the Muda Doe. Right? Yeah. How did I forget that? Oh, my gosh. I just lost some of my TKO, TKO cred. You just lost some of your B5 cred, man. <laughs> oh, yes. All right, Jeff. Well, that is going to wrap up the first commandment. Would you like to know what we're watching next time? Yeah. What is it? All right. Cool title, um, again, somewhat biblical, but I'm not going to say that it actually has anything to do with the Bible, unlike this one. Uh, but I'm curious to know what you think it might be, where we're going to venture. It's an episode titled Cold Lazarus. I can't imagine Lazarus meaning anything other than either someone being raised from the dead or someone who is split in two, both good and evil, and is doomed to fight themselves through all eternity and through the entire universe in one of the absolutely worst episodes of Star Trek, the original series of Star Trek. (laughs) Uh, I believe that Stargate has the guts to go there, right? I think it's a show that would go there. I don't think that's this. So so you said somebody split in two and fights themselves through all eternity. Okay. Superman. Oh, yeah, Superman three. Ron, if you're watching this, I hear you. I got you. But I'm going to go with this. This, uh, There's going to be someone who, oh my God, this is so stupid of a prediction. 
they froze to death. They're going to be in some like ice thing and he froze to death and they're going to bring him back and they're going to like, he's going to have stories about the Gould or something like that. I still, I feel stupid even making that prediction, but that's what I got. Okay. Well, we will see whether Jeff's actual prediction or whether his little throwaway line about being split into two and doing Superman three all over again. If either one of those two are anywhere remotely close to what cold Lazarus is about, I know likely, you know, Jeff will find out next time here on Stargate SG-1 for the first time. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share this video wherever you are. Please, wherever you get your podcast, rate and review and share this with somebody who loves Stargate SG-1 or maybe somebody who needs to fall in love with this very, very incredible season. So with all of that, until next time, thank you guys so much. Hey, Brent. Yeah, what's up? We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. Oh, we're crying out loud. 